curtains have been pulled to the side. The fall season is fast among us. Get ready for this weekend, folks. You're going to have to set your clocks back an hour. We are full swing in the NFL season. NFL Week 7 with Eminem going deep. Week 8 preview as well. As always, Kyle McCumber, your host, and my co-host, Cole Mueller. Tough week for us both, Cole. Yeah, this was a... uh... What the fuck? Never mind. Um, I heard something. I thought the world was ending in the background of this garage, but guess what? We're going to be able to make it. It has been a tough week. I've been seeing things and hearing things just like Jordan Love was um, this past Sunday. But no, you didn't really have a tough week, Kyle, because your team for- won. And that's all that matters. Oh, for six in our picks. I'm one for five. You went one for five. So you got your one win there. I got my one win with my. Yes. My favorite team. Um, week seven, interesting week. Uh, we'll dive right in and we'll start in New Orleans. Two teams matched up against one another Jaguar, Saints. A lot of history here. Two teams separated by 550 miles. Quick trip out to Baton Rouge for the Jaguars, who come out victorious 31 to 24. That felt like a long time ago. Just think, I know we're doing this on Wednesday now, and it's not the usual Monday recording time, but the Saints with those two turnovers in the first quarter, that's just what I'll take take away from that game. And just thinking like, wow, the Jaguars are really just going to give this game to the Saints. And to the credit, I mean, the the Saints were in that game all the way to the end, even though the Jaguars just, they look like they have so much firepower right now. And you can look at the AFC – and from this past week seven, you'll you'll say maybe the Ravens is your favorite team with the the juice, like we say. Mm-hmm. And then second, you're thinking probably the Jags and the Chiefs. Those are the I think what you're looking at as far as with the Bills let down, the Bengals still figuring out who they are. Uh Chargers, nothing like they could be. I don't and think the Steelers are good. Browns yes. don't have a quarterback. Yeah, and the Browns, the Brown, and we'll get there. But the Browns look like they're playing their way in. But um, Trevor Lawrence looked really good with this sprained knee he had. He played with a brace on. He, I think, he broke his career rushing yards in a single game. Um, <clears throat> that was interesting to see. Um, he had fifty nine rushing yards. Um, Derek Carr didn't look great. Looked scared in the pocket was yelling at receivers. It seemed like the Jags let off the gas in this game. I don't know why, but it let the Saints creep back into it and then have an opportunity on their final drive to tie the game up. And unlucky for the Saints, lucky for the Jaguars, Foster Moreau completely forgot how to catch. Yeah, I uh, don't know if... That was such as that was as warranted as it was being on Foster Moreau. That was not the easiest catch in the world. It's Especially not for a non-receiving tight end. Like he's not known as a you flex him out wide and have him run routes all day to make a separation, like a, as a great matchup against the defense. He's not one of those tight ends. He's better in line, and that was a he definitely had to reach for that ball 
you know, high and away in the corner, which isn't, you know, that's what you want a quarterback to do, but you don't have an acrobatic receiver making that catch. So you'd like him to have a little bit more on him, especially with it being open. So not saying he's he's right for dropping it, but was it a perfect throw? No, but it hit him in the hands. What's what are we all taught? It hits you in the hands, you gotta catch it. Yes. But speaking speaking of hitting in the hands, the refs with the hands in the pockets, grabbing the flags, that last drive, Browns, Colts. I mean, I was rooting for the Browns. I was so drunk that I didn't even really, you know. I was just so happy that the Browns kept on keeping their drive alive. And, you know, that was an exciting game. Nevertheless, the refs, if you're on the the winning side of a, a bad a game with bad calls, you don't notice them, specifically when you've had, you know, 14 drinks. But not that we, any of us did. The issue is people are talking about that as the outcome of the game. I think people could talk more about, hey, what did Miles Garrett do, like we were discussing during the game, causing 16 points, realistically, of that football game. Um, And then P.J. Walker might just be, you know, the the plus version of Deshaun Watson right now with how Deshaun Watson's been playing. And luckily for you, he's out another game. But Colts also – Gardner Minshew played like we thought he was going to play against the Jaguars the week before. How you thought he was going to play. Yes. And Jonathan Taylor. He looks a lot better. Yeah, he definitely looked very good. Jonathan Taylor, I thought, was kind of like uh, him and Josh Downs were like the X factors in this game, making big plays, um, moving the chains. Yeah, Browns got lucked out this one. Uh, They did get a little help from the referees. And uh, as a fan, I when the referees help you out, I don't think you're gonna think twice about it. You're just gonna accept the fact that your team won, and on in the scoreboard on the uh, the standings, you you have the W in your column. Uh, I've been on the opposite side of that as a Browns fan. I don't know how many times in my, in my uh, fandom, so I don't really care. And I, yeah, it doesn't bother me that we got we finally got a call, and we got a call the week before to help us win. And it's okay, in my opinion. It this shit happens in the NFL. That's why I like having true officials. I do agree a little bit with what Jim Irsay is coming out and saying like, Hey, maybe we should look at reviewing certain plays and flags at the end of games, like within two minutes. Um, All in all Brown's defense were bad at tackling in this game. I don't think that that is going to continue. Um, That's how you get the 38 points for uh, the Colts and a couple of blown coverages. We've seen that a little bit this season with the Browns here and there. It happens. Um, the Browns, in fact, to, to score 39 points is miraculous without your starting quarterback. And like you mentioned, Miles Garrett attributed, you know, blocks of field goals. That's keeps three off the board for the Colts strip sack. That leads to a touchdown and then a strip sack that leads. That is literally a touchdown. That's fucking 17 points right there swing by one player on the field. Did he look like the best player in the, on the field this game? A hundred percent. Jerome Ford goes down with an ankle injury. That's unfortunate. Kareem Hunt uh, had two touchdowns on the on the day. P.J. Walker already decided since recording this on Wednesday and not Monday like usual. P.J. Walker already announced that he's going to start against the Seahawks this week. We'll get into the preview later on, but wanted to mention that. 
Yes. No, I think uh, you mentioned last thing I'll say in that game, Browns had their backup quarterback. So did the Colts. And so one team scoring 38 points, one team scoring 39. I know you want to say, yeah, Gardner Minshew's an experienced veteran backup. P.J. Walker is too. But P.J. Walker has less games and Gardner Minshew's been a like a actual starter yeah. in the NFL and could probably start on other teams. PJ Walker if started six, if he wasn't behind Anthony Richardson. Yeah. PJ Walker started six games last year. And I, I get what you're saying. He's both. I'm just saying both are formidable, good backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I'll say is I thought the Browns were a little bit more shut down than they were in this game. But at the same time, the, the Browns offense did no favors for them. Uh, throughout times where they were reeling. And so it was an exciting game to watch. Nevertheless, the Colts at points looked like besides the turnovers, they couldn't be stopped. Uh, But that was the thing. They had turnovers. Uh, Going into the next game, we have Bills, Patriots, another nail biter, another big upset. Bills were eight and a half point favorites at the time when we did our podcast and Patriots at home. Mac Jones looks like a guy again. And that offense still continues to play. Uh, complimentary football when they absolutely need it. And a lot of Patriots fans are like miserable because they just want to get to the first five picks of the draft and they don't want to do this meddling of seasons, but, you know, makes it for exciting football when they can beat some of these elite teams in the AFC. And we're all concerned about the bills now. Yeah. I think the biggest, I, I don't think the Patriots are going to be competing for a playoff spot. I think they're they'll probably end up with a top ten pick in the draft. Um, I don't think Patriots fans really need to worry about that. More concern should be Bills fans and the performance of their team. Their offense looks lackluster. Their offense looks like it has no spark. And their defense is riddled with injuries. And you just gave up twenty nine points to an offense that is lackluster to say the least i think that the bills really need to take a good hard long look in the mirror at themselves see what works for them and get rid of all the plays that are junk plays in my opinion that are netting them zero to incomplete yard uh, uh, incompletions things like that like I don't see a lot of crossing routes out of the Bills offense. I don't see a lot of Josh Allen under center. That gives you a little bit more options when uh, they do that. And I don't know how many times they're going to run James Cook directly into the center or right guards behind, and he doesn't get a gain after getting a, uh, a carry and a touch. Bills, Bills should be concerned especially with how um, where their hopes were for this season and same thing as last season. And I think fans of that team are now nervous of what the future of this season holds for them. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a long year though. And you'd rather them be in October than be in December right now. And I think every Bills fan's optimistic that they'll eventually. They can a hundred percent get hot. They can 100% get hot. I think I was just going to pull up the Bills' schedule these next couple weeks. I think you have two weeks before your bye. They have the Thursday night game this week. 
You have the Bengals before your uh no wait, that's not their bye week. Their bye week is week 13, but before their bye, they play Bucks this week, Bengals next week, Broncos, eh, Jets. Already lost to him one time. You better split the fucking series. Eagles before the bye. And then they come out of the bye and play the Chiefs and Cowboys back-to-back weeks. Yeah, so tough schedule. Yeah. Tough schedule. Losses like – I don't think the Broncos are even a terrible team. And yeah. they've, they've, they're better than they – I mean, they played the Chiefs tough. They played three teams tough in the last three weeks. They're a lot different. Everyone just sees the 70 to 20 Miami game and thinks the Bill or the Broncos are the worst thing of all time. And that's not the case. Uh, going on to Commanders Giants, kind of a gritty game. Tyrod Taylor versus Sam Howell. And that game went down to, you know, the Giants seven yard line with Sam Howell having a chance to tie the game. And I think if with Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, all that bullshit. I think if they score right there, they're going to go for two. Unlike what they did with Philadelphia two weeks before that, where they could have scored and went for the win. They went for overtime and lost. I think mm-hmm. they were going to go for two there. Uh, really just, I think the biggest thing with the commanders is they have such a talented roster. And if they can play with their talent on offense. And I, th- I think the one thing that we – Need to understand what the Giants is. They have a phenomenal defensive line. They're, you they're you definitely saw it in this game. They, you saw it in this game. They put a lot of pressure on Sam Howell. But I'm not going to be the guy that's going to say that, you know, I watched every single play of that game. I only watched, you know, four minutes of highlights and then saw the end of the game checking on the score. So um, a lot of, lot of action going on at the 1 o'clock slate, and this was probably – if not the worst game, the second to worst game, we'll get to another worst game, another bad game later. But if, like, looking back at the scoreboard, Giants score 14 points in the first half and don't score again. There's no scoring in the second half. Very pedantic game. The story of this one is Giants front seven and, uh, the commander's offense, where do you go now? Uh, I saw a lot of tape or highlights, as you must say, because I don't break down tape, of the commanders just running these really long, their receivers running like long routes that take a while to develop, and they did not have the protection to hold up against the Giants' front seven, and they made no adjustments. We talked about Eric Bieniemy maybe taking over the head coaching job. For Ron Rivera, if he gets fired, I don't know if that's the case anymore. I think Bienemy really needs to make some changes to his offense because his offensive line is bad. Mm-hmm. Not, a, I mean, it's a week to week league. Weeks past, Commanders' offensive line was a strength for the team. So I really think it's what it comes down to: is the Giants' front seven is just better than they were last year, and they were good last year. And if they had more consistency in the secondary and on their offensive line, which is trash, then maybe they'd be kind of where they were a season ago looking at playoff. I would also keep starting to Rod Taylor. I don't know why you paid 40 million a year for you did, but, but like they've been in these last two games, he's not turning the ball over as much. And he's gotten the guys that, 
Giants fans have been asking to get involved in the offense involved. He's been targeting Darren Waller. He got Jalen Hyatt in this game involved. Jalen Hyatt had only five targets, two receptions, and about 75 yards. But that's why you draft that guy. Like He's a down-the-field threat. Could take it to the house any play. Yeah. Next game we have Lions-Ravens, 38-6. to Probably just the biggest whiff of a, a game, thinking that that would be probably the best 1 o'clock p.m. slate matchup of the day. And then the Ravens just look quickly like the best team in the NFL. And it's a week-to-week league. I think that's the, the mantra of the season is week-to-week because some of these teams look like they're never going to be beaten. And then the next week they flop to a team that's below 500. So this was one of those where it looked like two Goliaths or two, two teams with a lot of hot, you know, energy behind them. Detroit came out flat. And the weakness of Detroit is if you can out physical them, especially with the front O-line and get to Jared Goff before they can, you know, disrupt, disrupt their play action, get in the way of, they like to do a lot of run to build the pass. And fr- frankly, they haven't been able to run the ball recently. Mm-hmm. And they've been great at, you know, just the short pass game. That's a extension of their run game. And because they were able to get the golf, he was frazzled and he looked like old golf. So he, he did look like old golf. He uh, definitely took a step backwards in this game. And so did the Lions defense. Lions defense was, I think, ranked fourth in the league in uh, rush yards. They got cooked in this game. Whether it be Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, it was anybody on the Ravens offense was doing anything they wanted to. Uh, I think that Lions, I wouldn't start to worry. I think, you know, you're still building a little bit. You know, you're, you're taking those steps forward. But later down the road, when you face tougher opponents like this Ravens team, you need to see more fight out of your team, and you need to see your team not come out so flat like you said. They did come out flat, and the Ravens just kept rolling. The Ravens, I think, easily could have put up 50 on them if they didn't take their foot off the gas and were up, what, 35 to nothing before the half? Like something like that? But – one thing that we said about the Ravens is that they just weren't clicking. And I think they finally clicked. Like they weren't having Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman dropping balls. You know, the passes to Mark Andrews were actually like within his reach. There was like just so close, I felt like, especially on the in the passing game. Of yeah, just Mark Andrews went off. And every single I mean, Rashad Bateman was, you know, there was a game ago or two games where he just dropped three easy balls and he caught Everything that came his way, it seemed like from what I watched, and yeah, Nelson Aguilar was scoring touchdowns. Yeah, so I mean, you look at their four—that's that four receivers for the the Ravens. You go Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, and Nelson Aguilar. Those are four legitimate receivers. Like Rashad Bateman, he has a ton of talent. He's a first-round pick. Odell Beckham, call him washed or not you're going to trust Odell Beckham when it comes to a big play, big moment in a football game. And then you have Zay Flowers, who's just electric, and he's just getting more opportunities each week. 
And then Nelson Aguilar, okay, you can make fun of him for the drops he had five years ago in Philadelphia when he was a second-year player. He's not the same player. He hasn't been for three years. So, I don't know. I, think I don't think Nelson Aguilar is that good, and I think Odell Beckham isn't the playmaker he used to Nelson, be. Nelson Aguilar is not a number one or number two receiver. But I think you have, we're, you have a you case have with four, Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers. You have a case there. I don't yeah. think the other two are that great. You put them as a as a collective group, though, is what I'm saying, mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. with a Mark Andrews in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then you have Lamar Jackson who can run. So you're, that, def, that defense that's going to be looking at them is they got their hands full. And we mentioned last week, maybe the Ravens go to Lamar's legs in the red zone to get into the end zone. And we saw that in this game. He had a rushing touchdown and four passing touchdowns. And then, so speaking of running, Deontay Foreman still running against the, you know, the vaunted Las Vegas Raiders. You know, what was that score? It was 30, 30 to 12, 30 to 12. And it just looked like, again, another game where the Raiders were on a win streak, came out flat. Their defense that just seemed like flying all over the place, just didn't know where they were when they were in Chicago. Tyson Badgett, the D2 quarterback, I mean, he just – he was a game manager. It didn't I didn't watch really a lot of Tyson Badgett throwing the football. I'm not going to lie. I saw a couple highlights, but it just seemed like their offense was predicated on the run and got what they wanted every single time they went out in the field, and the Raiders just had no answers on offense. Absolutely zero answers on offense. Doesn't help that Brian Hoyer is throwing interceptions and pick sixes. Tyson Badgett looked like looked okay, I would say. I wouldn't say he looked great. Wouldn't say he's in the realm of taking Justin Fields' job. I don't think that at all. I think maybe he can be a very good backup. Um Bears defense, yeah, they stood tall in this game. This this game was just laughable to me. Like thirty to twelve, I didn't think it was going to be a good game. It ended up not being a good game. Went the opposite way of what I thought it would be, but which is a surprise. But if you're a Bears fan, you gotta be a little happy getting another win in the in the column. Ra- Raiders fans are probably like, where the fuck do we go now? Yeah. All right, going into our next game, we got the Falcons and Buccaneers. Probably the biggest storyline in this game is B. John Robinson not playing due to sickness last second. Uh, but regardless, Atlanta went on the road, got the win. Tampa had no run game. Just seemed like a, a defensive battle. Desmond Ritter doesn't doesn't do anything special each each week. But like I said, a couple weeks ago, I hope he does just enough to keep his starting job so that Atlanta keeps him as their starting quarterback for for years. And, I mean, maybe he proves me wrong and the lizard man becomes, you know, some, some big guy. Just, something about him makes me not like him. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just – I don't really like his face. He definitely looks like a squirrel to me. I think – we're so we can't be mean. You can't just make fun of his appearance. Uh okay. Well, 
Here's here's a positive note for Desmond Ritter. You didn't throw any interceptions this week. There's a yeah. positive note. Good job. You you didn't throw a single interception, but you fumbled twice on the one yard line. Yeah, that was huge. I remember seeing that. So, I mean, a huge win for the Falcons. All of a sudden, huge. the Falcons are in the playoff picture, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Huge but- win, and I don't, I don't know. If you're a Buccaneers fan, oh, <laughs> this is bad. You probably probably are walking into this game thinking you're going to get an easy dub, and it was not. And uh, you were kind of chasing this entire time. Yeah. Well, get a running back. That's what they need. A uh, quarterback would probably help too. Our Baker is – Week to week league, you were talking great about Baker. He was, he was doing good. Now week he's looking like Baker that I know. Going into our next one, though, we got Steelers Rams. Oh God, twenty four to seventeen, Pittsburgh gets the road victory. Steelers go to four and two. Everybody's talking about TJ Watt. Uh. Second place in the AFC North, just over the Browns, and. Rams fall to three and four, and to me, look like one of the best three and four teams I've I've seen around, especially in the NFC. I still consider them in the, in the race, just like the Vikings at three and four. I'll say this: I didn't watch uh, the game, the full game. Obviously, this was a uh, four o'clock, right? Yeah. So yeah, like Cole Mueller watched absolutely none of it in live, but I did watch the highlights. You see the pick by. TJ Watt and TJ Watt just looks like it's it's a Miles Garrett and TJ Watt race for defensive player of the year in my yeah, opinion. They're competing with one another. And that defense comes and goes through him. I the call at the end of the game, what was it the yardage where the yeah. ref couldn't see and they So they marked it a first down for the Steelers. Sean McVay didn't have any timeouts remaining so he couldn't challenge it. And since they called it a first down on the field, it wasn't automatically reviewable and if it was marked short, they would have been it would have been an automatic review. So yeah, that's a rule that needs to change. That's pretty stupid. Um, yeah, uh, Steelers, Steelers fans, let me talk to you real quick. Your defense isn't going to continue to score touchdowns for you. I'm sorry. So your offense is going to have to start putting up more than ten points in games. Yeah, sure, they put up seventeen in this game. That's fine. That's great. Most teams are going to score over twenty points in a regular season. Uh, game Rams I don't know what the fuck I mean Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua balled out they're just a team waiting to hit on all cylinders I think the the Rams are a, a sleeping lot more, giant they're a lot closer to the Rams of two years ago than they are the Rams of last year yeah they're so. way past last year and I don't know what's gonna like Steelers fans are obviously happy at where they're sitting at, but I don't think it's sustainable at all. Like their offense, it does not look great, and their defense is continuously bailing them out. It's the same thing with the Browns. Like the defense is bailing them out. But I I think the Browns' offense has more potential than the Steelers' offense. 
Also depends on a f- fucking quarterback plays, but. That will go. Next game we have Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks. Seattle gets the home victory 20 to 10. Kind of a close one up until, you know, the second half where they kind of got pulled away. Uh, you have anything on this one? Yeah, Seahawks made some dumb mistakes and easily could have won this game by 40 if they didn't make these dumb mistakes. DK Metcalf didn't play, so Jackson Smith and Jigba had a bigger role. He caught his first touchdown, and then Bobo got a touchdown. Arizona Cardinals, the first couple weeks of the season were fun. I told you guys last week on the podcast that I think last week was the start of the wheels falling off, and this is 100% the wheels falling off. Josh Dobbs, people figured him out. It took four weeks, and people figured him out. Positive note for you guys, Kyler Murray is starting to practice again. Maybe you'll see him in a couple weeks, or maybe your team front office will not play him this year so he doesn't get hurt again because it's already a lost season, and you guys are probably trying to get one of the first, if not top like two top five picks, you're trying to get two top 15 picks with having the Houston Texans pick. Seahawks. I mean, I'm interested in in seeing the Seahawks-Browns game this week. I think we'll get to it later, but I think the Seahawks are a lot better than what people think they are. I agree. I think the Seahawks are a good football team. I don't think they're a great football team. I think... But can be great. You look at them as... They're the Jaguars of the NFC. That's how I relate them. They're not one of the Giants, but they can beat a Giant. They can beat a giant and maybe a couple things fall their way. Hey, they're my Super Bowl pick. Remember that. Okay. Well, whatever. Going to the next game, the Chargers and Chiefs. Oh, my 30. God. 17. Chargers are 2-4. and four. They're probably the most disappointing team right now looking at record and where you expect the team to be. Uh Chiefs have the highest or the six-game win streak, the longest win streak of the season, and in the NFL right now. And Travis Kelsey's unstoppable. And it just looks like the Chargers can't get out of their own way. I think everybody in the NFL just wants Taylor Swift to break up with Travis Kelsey. I think everybody wants that because they think that Travis Kelsey has, like, superpowers now, and there's, like, this aura around the Chiefs of, like – getting Swifty fans involved and yada, yada, yada. And then like NFL's getting more money. So now it just seems like the, it's like the chiefs league, like they're the Kings, the chiefs. I will say they are starting to evolve. We've seen them have a really high powered offense. They did put up 31 points in this game. Let's not shake a finger at that. But what I'm getting at is they, their defense held the chargers to 17 points and they started to make Justin Herbert look pedestrian at a as a quarterback you know all these people talk about justin herbert probably being top five quarterbacks he has not looked top five this year and i'll tell you this game and the cowboys game he looked very average at best i know that that can change we've been saying this in this podcast it's a week-to-week league if you had the over in this game you'd be fucking pissed because all the points ever scored in the first half and almost none scored in the second half 
Chargers fans, I'd start to worry. Uh, but hopefully Brandon Staley gets fired and you pull in a, a coach that gets the best out of Justin Herbert and knows how to design plays that get Josh Palmer and hopefully Mike Williams when he comes back next year. Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler in better positions to get them the football to make plays because I don't see it on their offense. And hopefully you bring in a defensive coordinator as well that can get the talent on your defense in Joey Boza, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. in the right positions to make plays on your defense that can mitigate like having making your offense have to put up 40 points every week so that you can win games. Yeah. Last game, Sunday Night Football, Dolphins, Eagles. Everyone's, you know, hyped it's up. not the last game. The last game of the day on Sunday. Dolphins, Eagles. Eagles 31, Dolphins 17. Really was never close. It just seemed like the Eagles were a much more physical team. And, you know, the Eagle, or the Dolphins, sorry, they still have those explosive plays that – no matter what the team they're going to play, they're going to show up. And that's kind of what gives you a glimmer of hope as a Dolphins fan was they'd still, they would still answer. Just, I felt like once the Eagles, you know, they got in the third and fourth quarter and they were, Hey, we're going to go for it on our own 25 yard line yeah. on fourth down, just because we want to, and they're only up seven. So it's like the Eagles tooch pooch or, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the tush push. That's that's probably the most annoying thing to me. That's way more annoying to me than the Taylor Swift fucking Travis Kelsey drama. It's funny because those are like the two big headlines that are being continuously talked about this NFL season. People hating the tush push, the brotherly shove, and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating, and now the Chiefs are like the biggest fan base in the world. I don't think the tush push is illegal. I don't think that that play should be outlined. And also, if it does get outlawed, they're just going to quarterback sneak it and not push Jalen Hurts over the pile. Yeah, it might not get net them like three yards sometimes, but it'll still get the one yard that they need most of the time. I think the Eagles in this game showed that they're that they're kind of still kings of the nfc and can defensively scheme something up to shut down these high-powered offenses like a dolphins and i think mike mcdaniel as a head coach needs to figure out how he can get into these matchups against higher like higher like echelon teams and perform a little bit better because i don't think i don't think he's beaten a team over 500 or something in a while bills that was last yeah that's the last time that's the last time was week four last year when they beat the bills that was the last time they'd like beat a team over 500 i don't know if i believe that but i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that's the last time next episode or something next next last game of the week we have niners at Vikings, Kyle's lock of the week, and yeah, and the, the Niners uh, blow it. Vikings twenty two, Niners seventeen. Brock Purdy got hurt again, and 
really just Kirk Cousins balled out. Ooh, balled out. Jordan, Jordan Addison balled looks out. like looks like you know Justin Jefferson baby baby version. And I know that first it was like the Charvarius Wards stole the pick, stole the pass from him in the first quarter, and then back in the second quarter, Jordan Addison just robs it from. Traverius Ward and gets that cool touchdown. So it's just kind of a fun matchup to watch throughout the game. Does it and- drive you a little nuts that people are saying, like, now that the Vikings have two weapons on the outside, like, do you guys not remember that Adam Thielen used to be here? It was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I think they look at Jordan Addison as like just kind of like a more explosive and things. Yeah. Like that. And I mean, KJ Osborne's a, a really underrated slot receiver. And he's good too. He can, yeah. So I mean, he gets he gets a lot of targets week in and week out. They have T.J. Hawkinson. Again, they were a 13 win team last year. Okay, they lost Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's not really doing anything. I you're not really you want more out of the run game. Yeah, their defense. I've always said I'm a huge fan of Brian Flores. I think the fact that they blitz the most out of any of that team, they make more work with less, and they still have stars like Daniel Hunter. Harrison Smith, like, I, I'm probably missing a fucking good corner in their fucking secondary. But I think their defense is starting to put it together. Is that's the that's like the best thing we can say. I think their defense is really coming together as a as a unit. Kirk balled out, and their offensive line. Hats off to their offensive line. They kept Kirk upright. I think almost the entire game. I don't remember San Francisco sacking him very much. Um. Yeah, and Jordan Addison, player of the game, most likely. 49ers fans, I still wouldn't panic if I were you. You're missing Devo Samuel, and you're missing I, – I think the bigger piece that you're missing is Trent Williams. There was a lot more pressure on Brock Purdy. He didn't, he didn't have as much of a clean pocket as you've been, seen these first six weeks of the season that he had with Trent Williams in, in on the field. You're gonna get him back soon. Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol right now. I, you have a bye after this week. All three of those dudes are coming back after the bye week. And then, so that was making this just that's first down complete with a review. Going to second down preview. We'll make this a little quicker. Bucks at Bills first game tomorrow night Thursday night football in Buffalo. Bills are eight and a half point favorites. What do you got on this one? Bills, eight and a half point favorites. Um, I think that's fucking really high for the Bills right now. I think that it would make more sense if that was probably four and a half, five and a half. But as we saw last week, I know nothing about the NFL because I went 0 for 6. But the Bills don't look good right now. The Buccaneers aren't amazing either, but... Like, do we expect Josh Allen to just come back and be a superhero again? Like, it's the Bills are a lot better at home, and it's a it's a night game. It's a short week. The Bucks just lost a home game to a a bad team on the road, so that's maybe what goes into it. And the Bills have a great roster, and the Bucks have an okay roster. Yeah, maybe uh, the defense for the Bills starts to stand up. Von Miller. Uh, we were talking about it when we were watching the games this past week was is on a pitch count. 
maybe that pitch count gets increased and he starts to make a bigger difference on the defense, get some more pressure. But Matt Milano and Tredavious White being done, that that hurts. That hurts. Next game we have Vikings at Packers, 1 p.m. on Sunday. Nine games on the 1 p.m. slate this week. There were only six last week. So nine nine games this 1 p.m. slate. Uh, first one, we got Vikings at Packers, even line. It was a one-and-a-half Packers favorites, and then Monday Night Football happened with the Vikings beating the Niners. Quickly turned to even. I expect to see that completely shift and go in the Vikings' favor. Um, but for this one, this is a uh, – You know, no. we completely skipped the Packers-Broncos review, right? Do we need to do that? I mean, you're a Packers fan. So I'll just cover the Packers-Broncos very shortly on my Packers Vikings. I know you purposely did it. I mean, we're a second-half team, but the problem, the problem about being a second-half team is if you have the worst offense in, like, the last 30 years in history in the first half, like, you can only be so good as a second-half football team while also being the youngest football team in the NFL. So you're the I, youngest football team. You're also the worst offensive football team in the first half, like, in history. So as good as you are in the second half – You've you give yourself no room for error, and this is now the fourth game where you're playing from behind. Like week one, you play the Bears, you look phenomenal. Week two, you're playing the Falcons, you should have won that football game. You're up by 13 or you're up by 12 in the fourth quarter. Well, then week week three, you're at the Saints or you're in, at home against the Saints. You're down 17, you come back and win that football game. Uh, then you go to Week four, quick road week, you get, or quick home, four-day turnaround against the Lions, who are hot, get that game, fall behind. You make it close again, but still, you lose the football game. You were down 27 to nothing at one point. Then you go to fucking uh, – who, who do we play? Vegas. Fucking, yeah, Vegas. Should have won that football game. You were down big in the first first half. You come back, you have the chance, two chances to win it. Same kind of fucking deal with the Broncos. Everyone said the Broncos are the worst football team in the NFL. I still think the Broncos are better than we're giving them credit for, but still, you had every opportunity that went win that football game. Uh, disappointing. I still don't put it on Jordan Love. Ah, that last throw, bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, especially, you know, I, you know what I, pisses I, me off, though? Is I look, how many inopportune penalties we have. Who, yeah. Our best offensive, most veteran player we have, Elton Jenkins, at left guard. When Jordan Love scrambles, makes a phenomenal play, scrambles, gets it to third and inches, third and a half yard at the 40-yard line, that's field goal range. Mm-hmm. That's really, for Andrews Carlson, that's a 56, 57-yard field goal to to go up and ahead on the football game. Mm-hmm. So, like, we didn't really need another yard at third and, third and inches. And instead, that, that six-yard scramble gets called back on second and seven, and it's now third and 20. So you hate that. Um, yeah, yeah. But besides that, I think uh, that last throw, though, I, I think he was just trying to make a play. Uh, the thing that I think you would probably see if you look back at it, AJ Dillon's like wide open with a ton of room to run, and you only need a field goal to 
to win the game. You don't need a touchdown. You don't have to throw that ball that far. I understand down distance and time of the game, but AJ Dillon was right there. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway watching this game with you, if you guys really think Jordan Love is the guy, and I know we we talked about it, and I'm not writing him off at all. I think he can be better. I think you got to give the guy some fucking weapons. Like Christian Watson, he's a good, he's pretty good, but he's been hurt like this whole season. And then every other guy you have is an undrafted free agent. That's not true. That's not true. I mean, they're all really young. Romeo Dobbs is a fourth round pick from okay. last year. Romeo Dobbs. Now he can. Ball. He's solid. He's solid. Romeo Dobbs but... can ball. Now he also like he makes a couple like oh you come on make that catch but like he he had one deep ball that was a Jordan Love threw it perfectly in his hands and he had just a back shoulder like thirty five yards down the field and just went right through his hands yeah there was some contested but it's still his hands touched the fucking ball like this. Uh, Jaden Reed the second round rookie this year second round pick he's a second so, round pick. The second round pick, and he's he's a really good player. He I think he's I think he's good too. He's he's made, he's made some, and then Dontavian Wicks. Yeah, it's a fifth round pick. And but like what I'm saying to you, Cole, is if you put a Marvin Harrison Jr. on your team, do you not think that Jordan Love? Like I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm just saying yeah. that 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 he's on the field. Do you yes. not think that Jordan Love is going to look better? And then these other guys, Dobbs, Wicks, and Reed are going to look better. Yeah, I want an offensive lineman. That's what I want, truthfully. I think okay. I want one more offensive lineman, and I really want another defensive. I want a Nick Bosa on my team is what I want. I want yeah. a Miles Garrett. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, uh, going to Vikings-Packers, I say it every week, it's a must-win. <laughs> but at this point, <laughs> I keep on convincing myself, hey, you win. I've seen too many Aaron Rodgers seasons, and i got to move away from that. But I just see, like, so many opportunities when uh, you're down a couple of games below 500 to still sneak in the playoff race. And I look at the NFC and I still see opportunity to sneak in as a seven or six seed. And I'm right now as a seventh seed, like right now. And I, this will be kind of like capturing the NFC really quick. You know, your four division winners, like, right. You got the Eagles, you got the lions. I'm going to say one team from the NFC South Pick pick your poison. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably go Buccaneers. Still I was pull it say out. Falcons. But no, see, I think it's one of those teams. But then your the fourth team is gonna is be the, the 49ers. 49ers. And then I think you have the uh I'm fucking missing the other good team that's in there. Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks and then the Rams. So yeah, so I'm telling you, like right now, if the Packers want to stay in this playoff race, they gotta compete with the Vikings. The commanders, they got to compete with Cowboys. The other, the other two of the three-headed dragon, the a three-headed autistic dragon in the NFC South, and then they got to co- compete with the Rams. Those are Cowboys. The, I already concluded the Cowboys as a, a wild. Okay, team. okay. So I think the I think the Cowboys are the five seed, and I think the Seahawks are the six seed, or vice versa. And then there's a seven seed race for you know just kind of some bullshit, but. Packers are still in that if they win against the Vikings. They're probably fucking not if they don't, um, although they're not mathematically eliminated. But anyways, it's going to be a huge game. It's at Lambeau. That helps uh, right the ship. Vikings are coming in hot. I think the Packers got to play angry eventually. And if you get a first 
quarters, touchdown by the Packers. Watch out. That's all I'm going to say. If, if they don't score in the first quarter and the Vikings, then probably won't. But I'm not who's, saying I like the Packers in this game. Who's here. who's scoring this touchdown? Who's scoring? Yeah. It's not like a question like that. I'm just saying, like, let's make a let's put a bet in anytime touchdown, not even anytime touchdown, just first quarter. I'll go Christian Watson. Is he playing? Dontavian Wicks. <laughs> Dontavian yeah. Wicks has good money value. That's why I'll do Dontavian Wicks. Besides, yeah, Vikings, uh, Vikings are coming in hot. Uh Packers. Game, this is definitely a must win for you guys. Yeah. Next game we got Patriots at Dolphins. Dolphins nine point favorites. In Miami, what do you got? Uh, that's another one head scratcher on the the line because Dolphins didn't look amazing against the Eagles. Patriots, yeah, they just won against the Bills. Maybe they figured some stuff out. Patriots don't really play well in Miami though. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that Dolphins should win this game by nine. I don't know about that. But I know nothing. Yeah. Okay. I think that's going to be a, a a closer game. I think the Patriots probably play it. You know, defensively they lock in, and I think their offense plays better. But I don't know about a win. I just I could probably see a seven point game similar. Uh, Jets at Giants, the MetLife game, Giants. Three point underdogs at home, shall we say? Uh, Jets. This Curious is big... to see who has more fans in the stadium for this game. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Jets need to win this football game to keep their playoff hopes alive. It's it's kind of one of those games where you got to get this one, especially in a tough playoff, tough uh, schedule you got. But to both both divi- uh, conferences right now have a slew of teams that could make the playoffs. Jets are still making that noise. Jets are still hopeful. Aaron Rodgers will come back. Giants are kind of on the outside looking in right now. This win last week against the commanders definitely boosts your spirits. Three points. I understand it, but I think that the Jets defense will cause more havoc against the Giants offense than the Giants defense will give the Jets offense. If that makes any sort of sense, no, I agree. Um, two really good defensive fronts. We got the Jags at Steelers. Steelers two and a half point dogs at home. This is a good matchup. I think this is going to be one of those really big pivotal, you know, not playoff matchups, but are are the Steelers legit? Let's can let's just put this out there as like a are the Steelers real? game and if the Steelers win this football game okay I'll consider the Steelers as a real football team whether they're like the Vikings last year is like the worst 13 and 14 you've ever seen or not the Steelers if they go to five and two you have to take them you have to take them serious I'm never going to take them serious I'm sorry um I I don't think that their defense can keep put out like this output that they have I don't and I don't think their offense is going to score many points. Jags defense has looked pretty solid the last few weeks. Besides that, like letting the saints creep back in that game, the Jags defense 
against the Bills was good. The Jags defense against the Colts was good. And then this past week against the Saints was good. I think that the Jags are a lot better than what we're giving them credit for. I don't think it's the Steelers are a lot better than we're giving them credit for. Yeah. Um, What do we got here? We got next game, Falcons at Titans. Titans are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Falcons going in, Desmond Ritter. Titans going in looking like Will Levis. So... Yeah, I think that's where the spread comes from and why the Titans are underdogs. I mean, I would still consider that. I would still put with Ryan Tannehill, the Falcons as a favorite, I'd say. But they don't have Kevin Byard anymore. What a trade. But here we go, Titans. You're really just looking at like what you got going for the rest of your year. And what's their record right now? They are... They beat the Bengals. They're two and four. So are they going to try and tank now? Because like if I'm a if if you get rid of Kevin Byard, you're not trying to you're not trying to win. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if I'm Mike Vrabel, how how angry would you be about trading away fucking AJ Brown with how good AJ Brown has been these last two years in Philly? Mm hmm. Like that's that that trade is still absurd to me that the Titans got rid of him. He was good on the Titans. Yeah. And that was with Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. I know you're a Tannehill guy, but Tannehill's not great. No, I agree. Uh Falcons. If I'm you, Cole, I'm rooting so hard for the Titans this week. I mean, yeah. I every AFC versus NFC. I've been rooting against the Falcons every week, and they kind of win those games. But <laughs> we'll continue to see them just trickle through and somehow win games. Be the worst seven seed of all fucking time. Oh god. Uh, we got Texans at Panthers. Panthers at home, three point underdogs to CJ Stroud. So it's the Bryce Young CJ Stroud game. This is yeah. the excitement. Did it's going to be those? It, a lot of Panthers fans are going to come out. Did we make the right pick? Did we? Is Bryce Young actually the guy? Should we have picked Stroud? I don't have preference. I think that. Well, I do have a preference. I do like CJ Stroud more than Bryce Young. I've been outright about that. But I think that Panthers fans need to relax with that and give Bryce Young more time to develop and give the guy some freaking weapons. I think CJ Stroud just landed in a better spot that was more ready for him to step in and be the starting quarterback. And he's taken that in stride and he's been great. I'm excited for this game. Both these teams are coming off a bye. I think that the Texans probably, you know, went in, saw what they were doing good in the last three games. They won. I I think that the Texans are going to be like my kind of other team that I'm like, you know, frisky might be good. Might make the playoffs. Hope they don't because, Really don't want them to make the playoffs over the Browns. So, all right, we got our next game: Rams at Cowboys. Cowboys six and a half point home favorites. Kind of a big line, but I guess you just look at how the Rams are are losing and not putting up as many points as they need to. Uh, Rams look like they're going to be in every football game, and then they're going to, you know. He'll just get away. Have a hard time coming through, but what do you got on this one? 
Cowboys coming off a bye. I think they're going to have some fresh legs. Rams looked a little bit defeated in that Steelers game. Tough game, brutal game. I would, I kind of understand the six and a half line towards the Cowboys, especially being at home coming off their bye. I'd look for the Cowboys to win this game like pretty handedly. Yeah. Okay, we got Saints at Colts. Colts one point underdogs at home. This is going to be another good football game. Super Bowl two thousand and nine. Nine. Much. Yeah. Yeah. So Tracy Drew Brees, Porter, Manning, but I think it's a good football game. Saints and uh, what do the Saints have in them? What are the Colts? Do they you know bounce back after that tough loss? Offense was really good. Defense I think I think you'll see a lot more Jonathan Taylor in this game against the Saints, and Travis Etienne kind of carved up the Saints defense a little bit. I think that it's a little odd to me that the Colts are one and a half point dogs. I don't think the Saints are one that much dogs. better, or one point dogs. I don't think the Saints are that much better than the Colts. I think that this is more so should be a pick 'em, or the Colts should be favored because they're at home. Yeah. Also, Chris Olave got arrested, so. I think he's going to play now. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. It was only, like, because he was going 70 in a 35. Who hasn't done that before? No. We got, uh, next game we got Eagles at Commanders. Kind of a a weird, like, revenge game for the Eagles, in my mind, even though they won. It's just kind of like. I think the fact that the commanders took an overtime, they're kind of mad about it. But six and a half point favorites, Eagles are on the road. I think this is probably going to be a closer one, but I also think I think it'll be close early, and I think the Eagles will pull away. I are the commanders reeling right now? Like, could we see them really just go in a tailspin and slide down after those first four weeks? Because they we were talking about, hey, they're decent and then they ran into the bears on thursday night football got the doors blown off them and then just lost to the giants who in my book i thought that the commanders probably should have won that game i did pick the commanders so i know nothing that's where my no i know nothing comes from i think that the eagles might blow the doors off them is where i'm getting at what do you got next game what do I got for my next game? I think that covers all the one o'clock games. Yeah. So then we go to the four p.m. Browns at Seahawks. Yep. Seahawks three and a half point favorites at home in twelfth man. This is probably the uh, like you know if not like if I'm looking at the best matchups of the day. I'm gonna go Jags Steelers, and then it's probably this game is like the other game. You're like this is, and I think Vikings Packers. I think that that game you can still, since it's early enough, to be like, hey, that's a good game because there's a lot in the line. Like if whatever team wants to stay in it, that team needs to win. Vikings are on a two-game win streak. But I'd say the uh, the, the Browns at Seahawks is like, if not the best game of the, of the day, I think it's the – or no, it's three games. 49ers-Bengals, which we'll get to, Seahawks-Browns. And then Jag Steelers are like my three good matchups that you're like, oh, I want to watch that one. You don't think the Bears Chargers is going to be like a great game on Sunday night? Worst, worst primetime slate of all fucking time. Honestly, like if tomorrow's a dud, those 
Sunday night Monday night games like Raiders like, Lions. Yeah. What the fuck are we doing, man? Like I I said charger. to you, I said to you the Monday night game for uh Cow uh Packers Raiders. I was like, why are the Raiders getting so many primetime games? But dude, yeah. I bet that stadium is 70% full in LA <laughs> for Bears Chargers. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Brown Seahawks, though, I'm not very confident going into this game. Uh, Browns are going to be traveling west. Uh, I don't know what the Browns statistics are on traveling, but I feel like they suck. <laughs> anyways, uh, any, anyways, they did. They they haven't really. They've had a lot of home games. Uh, I don't know. PJ Walker is getting the start. Geno Smith. Is Geno Smith? He's better than PJ Walker, and I think that's why I'm gonna lean towards the Seahawks winning this game. Because uh, Kenneth Walker, he's a dude. He's good. I think he'll do some stuff for the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett, Jackson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I think D- DK Metcalf's gonna come back, and I don't think that this. I think that the Seahawks defense is actually very good. Yeah, and that could, And I think that could be a big problem for PJ Walker and. I think you could see Devin Witherspoon picking off PJ Walker three times. That's what I was. I literally was going to say Devin Witherspoon. Like, I just think they're Tariq Woolen. That, that team, Quandre Diggs, playing against like the second, like, I don't think the Browns are going to be able to pass the ball. No. And if they do, then that's a huge win for them. But, and then Jerome Ford's out too, right? Yep. So you're looking at just Kareem Hunt, really. Um, which I like Kareem Hunt, but I don't like him as like your only weapon really out of the backfield moving the ball. So that's, that's where I'm like, I initially circled the Browns in this game. That's not a good idea. I like them when it's over three points, the three and a half, but then I changed my mind um, on picking that. So the thing I don't really like about this game is that it's only three and a half. If I'm, if I'm Vegas, I'm moving this line to like, Eight. Okay, because you're a Browns pessimist. Shut the fuck up. It's like, no. no I, I just, I just don't, I just don't think that this this game is going to be in the three and a half point zone. I think that the Browns okay. will probably lose by ten. You can say that you think the Browns will lose by ten, but don't tell Vegas. No one, everyone in their right mind is going to take the Browns plus plus eight plus you, ten. Okay. Yeah, well. I think that everyone's going to be hammering Seahawks minus three and a half. All right. You want to make a personal bet with me about what I'm like that. Let's do oh. a, we do plus nine. Let's round it out. Plus nine. Let's do 20 bucks. Plus I nine. said eight. What? I said eight. You said eight to 10. I said eight. And then I said, I could see the Browns losing by so 10. Let's, let's do eight. All right. So personal bet between the two of us. What happens if you, beat I think, the, if, I think the Browns cover my, or I think the Browns cover plus eight and you think they lose by more than eight. You said 10. Yeah. I think they lose by more than eight. Let's do $10 on it. $10, $10 bet between and Kyle and Cole. This is a, this is a virtual shake. There's a virtual shake. There's your It'll shake. happen on Sunday. Okay. It'll happen. Um. All right. Ravens at Cardinals. Ravens Cardinals are eight. Eight and a half point underdogs at home. That's another big line that you're just like, you want to take the Ravens so bad, but eight and a half points and it's the NFL. Yeah, uh, these these guys play professional football too. 
Um, eight, Ravens looked like world beaters last week. I think they stood up for that game with the Lions coming into town. Now they're traveling out west to Arizona. I could see them throwing up a little bit of a dud. Still pulling out a victory, though. I don't think eight and a half, though. Yeah, that's really all I have on that game. Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs, seven-point favorites on the road in Denver. Uh, another big line. I just think the Broncos played the Chiefs pretty well, and they're kind of just like nothing that's like I don't not super enticed by that. But hard time seeing the Chiefs at six and one fall off. But it's the mantra this week or this year is week to week. So yeah, I wouldn't be just, shook. Yeah, it, but it also shocks me that didn't the Chiefs play the Broncos two weeks ago? Yes. Yes, they played on Thursday night. Did they? Yeah, they played on Thursday night. They, not this past week, the week before this, they played on Thursday night when I was in the field because I watched it on my phone. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see it. But yeah, no, I like I. It's just weird to me that they they're playing so quickly back to, um, back to each other. I I. I don't think the Broncos are good, and I'm sorry to, for your Packers, but I, I, Chiefs minus seven. I think the the spread last time was nine and a half, and they beat them by 10, 12. Yeah. Um, who we got? Our next one we have is Bengals at 49ers. Niners, three and a half point favorites, even with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Um, again, I don't think that's a huge surprise. I think people – liken Sam Darnold to a, a Brock Purdy and some people even were saying that he would be better than Brock Purdy going into the season. Mm. Uh I'm not gonna say that, but it's the 49ers and they're on a two game skid streak. And if they go on a three game that's tough, but they're at home. The Bengals aren't the Bengals yet, so they're not like in some rhythm. And I think you can still so I, I don't know. I, I like this. I like the Niners in this one. You like the Niners in this one. Uh, Bengals are coming off a bye. I hope you remember that. Um, I think that they 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 might have gotten a little bit more healthy. Joe Joe Burrow, his calf wasn't bothering him as much in the game before the their bye week. Niners they are reeling a little bit right now, and having Sam Darnold start might scare some Niners fans but he's definitely if he knows the playbook knows where the ball needs to go I think Sam Darnold will do just fine this is another reason Cole why I also don't think that the Seahawks Browns is going to be close because I think the Seahawks realize that the 49ers are like reeling a little bit right now and have a chance to claim the top spot in the NFC West and put some more pressure on the Niners. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to actually happen with division. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to flip. You can say it, but stranger things funny. have happened. It's October. It's um, October. It's spooky Tober. Next game: Bears at Chargers. Chargers eight and a half point favorites. Sunday Best game of the week, right yeah. here, folks. And I would, I'm serious. I would not be shocked if this turned out to be a good game. The Bears are playing 
you know, inspired football and the Chargers are not. Regardless of what the roster is, you're looking at the Bears and you're saying, okay, like if they go out there and play, you know, disciplined and like they uh, remotely like they played against the Raiders, you like the Bears in that game. Here's a headline for you. Bears beat the Chargers in L.A. Monday morning, we wake up. Brandon Staley fired. Yeah, I mean, Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. I, I like it all. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going with. That's my prediction for this game. That's and that's gonna see us having that'll be my that'll be my underdog too. I'll I'll double down on it. That's my underdog for the week. Your lock of the week, you mean? No, my underdog. Okay, that's not that's not a pick we do. Yeah, it is. We do. uh, No, we don't. We've never done that. Who's your lock and upset of the week? Yeah, I said so. That's your upset. Yeah, you said lock. I was like, no, oh, not oh, saying that's my okay, lock. Okay, saying okay, this okay. is my upset. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right. uh, I, I, I really <laughs> haven't put in a lot of thought into that, but I saw this game and I was like, I could see the Bears winning this game and the Chargers being eight and a half point favorites. Yeah, eight and a half. Yeah, that's a big time favorite favorite for the Chargers that I don't think they have any fucking business being eight and a half point favorites against anybody right now. All right, next game: Raiders at Lions. Lions eight point favorites at home in Detroit against the Raiders. Uh, who's gonna get a get right game? I'm looking at the Lions like they've got to, but you know, what do you got in that one? Uh. Not your pick, just what do you what do you think before we move to I think the Lions will get right in this game. I think that they they're gonna go back to Detroit. Dan Campbell's gonna be like, fuck it, we're gonna be a strong, tough team, bite your kneecaps, and we're gonna run the fucking damn ball. It doesn't matter who's in my backfield. We're gonna run the goddamn ball. And they're gonna be hungry going into this game. And I don't know who's starting for the Raiders. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo's gotten cleared yet. And Raiders just start preparing for the draft already, all right? Yeah. But I wanted um, to review this with you really quick. Bills minus eight and a half. Dolphins minus nine. Cowboys minus six and a half. Eagles minus six and a half. Ravens minus eight and a half. Chiefs minus seven. Chargers minus eight and a half. Lions minus eight. Yeah. That is a lot of high spreads. That's all touchdown spreads right there. Yeah, I mean six and a half, not, but yeah, yeah. If you count that, that's what it has to be. It they have to win by a touchdown if they yeah. to cover. Okay, and then last game, or we no, we're finished with that. We're finished. So third down. So on locks, let's just go through our locks and upsets. Cole, his lock last week was the Seahawks, and they beat the Cardinals. Good job, and Cole's Cole. upset was the Jags, and they also beat the Saints. So Cole, Cole is 6-1 and one on locks, and he goes to 3-4 and four on upsets. Kyle picked the Niners as his lock to beat Lost. the Vikings. And then he picked the Lions to beat the Ravens as his upset. Lost. So Kyle falls to 3-4 and four on locks and 5-2 and two on upsets. Yep. Just to keep our track for week seven weeks. 
Uh, I'll give my lock an upset really quick. I have the Lions as my lock, and I have the Panthers as my upset. So I have really Lions mm. over the Raiders as my lock, and I have the Panthers over the Texans as my upset. Give me the uh, so for my lock. Hmm, who's gonna be my lock of the week? Eeny, meeny, miny, Cowboys. Okay. Cowboys are my lock of the week just to win outright against the Rams. And my upset, I've already stated it, Bears. Give me the Bears to beat the fucking Chargers. Do I have a lot of faith that that'll happen? After that, no. It's probably going to blow up in my face. But that's the fun of this. I agree. Fourth down. Fourth down. Fourth down. Big down right here. Best sneaky matchup. So last week, to review... Kyle had the Lions and Ravens as his best matchup. Stinker. That was a, a uh, 32-point game. And he had his Steelers and Rams as a sneaky matchup. Not a bad game. Uh, Cole had best matchup Dolphins-Eagles. Kind of a bad game, but also not terrible. Sneakiest Falcons at Bucks. That was a sloppy game, but good, you know, tight football game at the end of the game. So Tight football game, field goal to win the game for the uh... – the Falcons, good victory. I'm going to go best matchup, Bengals 49ers. I just think that's going to be one of those games that's going to be close late in the fourth quarter between two high-pedigree teams. I don't see a way where the 49ers blow out the Bengals, and I don't see a way where the Bengals blow out the Niners. So something that I think the Bengals are going to be in that game, but the Niners still pull ahead and win. I have sneakiest matchup. Packers play close football games. Damn, that was my best matchup. And I just I think there's gonna be a there's something about the Packers playing down to the fourth quarter on the last drive. I see the Vikings as a team that also plays inspired football right now. And Packers are they have a lot of pride in their team and organization. So I just think that'll be a close game. Someone that's gonna it's gonna be exciting football. Yeah, that was going to be my best matchup. Uh, I just, I kind of because we were talking about it earlier, the the implications that this game could play later on in the season. Vikings are on a little bit of a streak here. Packers lost before the bye week, go to the bye week, come out of the bye week and lose. Not great. Want to have like a get right game? You'd love to do that against a divisional opponent. So that'll be. That'll be a fun one to watch, in my opinion. Uh, I think sneakiest matchup, I think the Jets and Giants, that's going to be a sneaky one. I think that I mentioned it earlier when we were previewing the game that the two defenses look very good for both of these teams. The offenses don't look great. I think that the def- it'll be a defensive matchup. The total points for this game is 36.5. I might actually t- like take the over on that and hope for like a defensive touchdown because these two defenses are that good. So I think that game will be a little bit fun, and it'll be a a little hidden trick in there will be who has more fans in the stadium. Yeah, it'll be electric the whole time. Um, You said your best was Packers-Vikings? Yeah. And then pick six. So on the season, Kyle is 22-20. and Cole is 24-18. and So... Still above 500 for Kyle. Still above 500 for Cole. Yeah, that's all we're uh, looking for right now. <laughs> Kyle is 0-6 in the week, though. We 
both, and I am one and five on the week from week seven. You had, we both had the Rams, the Lions, and the Raiders. Raiders. And those games did not go our way. I also had the Saints did not go my way. I had the Browns by minus two did not go my way. And then I had the the Eagles uh, minus one Eagles and a half. Minus one and a half, which did. So very uh, close to two and four. And then you also had the Commanders <laughs> minus didn't, did not didn't nope. You also had the Packers. Um, you had the Packers minus one. And then you had the Chargers plus five Chargers. and a half. half. Funny enough, we've not had a push yet. Um yeah. But anyways, the my six picks, I already have them. I'll go down the line if you want me to go one for one. No, we'll go one for one like we've been going. I'll go first. I have the Packers even. Oh, that's your first one? Yep. My first one? The Vikings even. <laughs> I believe you. I've I've I'm not good when I pick my team, but I have faith. All right, second one, I have the Colts plus one against the Saints. Uh, I was actually going to take the Colts as well, plus one. I liked what I saw out of Gardner Minshew last week. So Colts as well. I have my next one, I have the Eagles minus six and a half at the Commanders. Uh, I don't have that one. I have... The uh, I like the Jags against the uh, Steelers minus two and a half. I also have the Seahawks minus three and a half at the or at home against the Browns. Seahawks minus three and a half, but also plus eight against me <laughs> directly <laughs> yes, yes. for the Browns. Uh, yes. I'll take I'll take the uh, Texans minus three against the Panthers. You have the Texans plus three? Minus uh, three. Yeah, no, the Texans are favored, minus three. Okay. And then um, I have the 49ers minus three and a half. Niners minus three and a half. I'll, uh, so I'll just make it interesting. I liked the Bengals plus three and a half. Then I have the Bears plus eight and a half. You have the Bears plus eight and a half. I do like that pick by you plus eight and a half for the Bears. The only thing that I liked a little bit more, and it was kind of just to help you out. Oh, do I want to do it? Do I want to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Titans plus, uh, what was the line? Two and a half. Two and a half against the Falcons. All right, if I didn't, well, if I didn't pick the Bears for my upset, the Titans were going to be my upset to help you out. Okay, who's got the juice? You had last week Tyree Kill. I had Max Crosby. You said Tyree Kill had how many yards in a touchdown? I don't know how many yards he had. I'm pretty sure he had a touchdown though. But I was more curious to see how good Max Crosby performed in a thirty to twelve loss. One sack, five One tackles. sack, five tackles. Not terrible. Uh, Tyreek Hill in the Eagles-Dolphins game had 11 receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that's all underneath his uh, season average, um, but he's uh, 
still putting up big numbers. Who's got the juice for you this week, Cole? I kind of have a, I'm at like a, a tie, kind of a three-way tie, but that's a going lot back to going back to uh, Travis Etienne, Deontay Foreman, and then uh, Jordan Addison were my three players that I just thought kind of all are on the on the up and up. But I'll I'll stay with Travis Etienne. Going back, he's like got like a touchdown or two. He's he's been on like a seven touchdown season just in the last five weeks or something like that. So uh he looks really good, especially early against the Saints. Looks like the first round pick that they they got. So so for this week, uh my who's got the juice. I'm gonna go with Puka Nakua. Uh this dude, a freaking uh late round pick by the Rams out of BYU has absolutely balled out this season. He had another good game against uh, the Steelers. Steelers fans were giving him shit saying he did nothing against Joey Porter Jr. Oh, well, he still went for 12 targets, eight receptions for 154 yards against your team. Like that's nothing to, you know, wave a finger at. That's still insane numbers, especially with Cooper cup being fully healthy. Now he's still gathering that many targets and receptions for that team that's who's got the juice type of numbers i saw a stat too that he's like the first player him and jamar chase are the first two people in like their rookie years to have this however many yards he's accumulated these first seven weeks in a season they're the first two to ever do it he's putting up like randy moss type numbers which is insane to think of because no one thought that randy anybody would have randy moss type numbers Ever I mean, again. He also just doesn't look like he's gonna put up 150 on yeah receptions on you. But that's profiling, which I don't condone. <laughs> so yeah, don't profile out there, folks. Don't do that. It's not good stuff. Yeah. Uh you got anything any wrap that's, up thoughts before we uh close this out? That's all I got. All you got. Uh let's hope for a Packers win and a Browns win this week. Will the boys be back at PS Tavern this Sunday? I won't, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. You won't be? No, I'm going to go to Atlanta. Asshole. Okay. Ha, sorry. <laughs> but I will be there with, I'll be there with Raph. Oh, he's going to be here this weekend. I totally forgot about that. But anyways, folks, let's not dive too much into our personal lives we like to keep it real here on eminem going deep keep it all about the nfl that's a wrap for eminem going deep week eight set week seven recap we'll catch you guys next week for week nine hope you have a great week